We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to a Bringing the Juice podcast live stream. There we go. What's up, your guys? Cody and Adam joining me here uh, from all the way from Arizona. Adam, mm-hmm. thanks for being on here, man, with me. Uh, yeah, man. Obviously, we know about uh, Chris Ballard went with the media just a little bit ago. Fortunately, was not able to live stream it when he officially went there, but want to do that now. And so... We're going to kind of do this, kind of talk about it, have some discussion. It's going to be a good time. I, you know, I've watched a little bit. I know you have as well, Adam, about this Chris Ballard thing. So uh, we can just, you know, hear him out, hear what he has to say about a few things, pause, get some comments, all those things like that. So without further ado, let's get into it. Appreciate you all being here. All right. So I know you're going to have a lot of questions. Let me, let me just get best started. Thank you all. Look, I failed. I'm not going to sit up here and make excuses. Failed a lot of people. Um, highly disappointed, you know, about where we're at, how the season went. You know, I never take lightly what's at stake here. And it's not, you know, the wins and losses, but, you know, people's lives are on the line. Players, families, coaches, families front office, people in this building, and I don't ever take that lightly. And, you know, I'm disappointed, um, disappointed where we're at, and ultimately it falls on my shoulders. I won't, I won't walk away from that. I won't run from it. Saying that, we'll grow from it, and I'll grow from it, and I'll get better because of it. You know, unfortunately – you know, our greatest moments of growth and greatest times of growth happen in the darkness. And you just got to keep your eyes open and see the light. I'll say this, Adam. Chris Ballard, if he's not uh, in football eventually, he's going to be one heck of a politician. <laughs> All right. how to speak. Yeah, it's, it's, you have to weed through like what he actually believes versus what he read out of a book and recited, right? Uh, right. I mean, he's so good at it. I'll give him to his credit. Like, you know, he had us all convinced this football team was just right there, you know? Uh, so what were your thoughts though? I did appreciate just his candidness and just being upfront. His first thing was I failed, you know? And I was like, absolutely. You did because look at where we're at right now. You know, we have no quarterback. We have really no direction right now with this team and no head coach and all this stuff. What were just your thoughts to Ballard's kind of opening statement here and kind of his thoughts overall? I thought finally, right, we've seen things like the Jeff Saturday hiring and him almost, you know, and I think he'll appreciate this because as we'll hear as the as the press conference goes on here, you know, he he talks about how stubborn and straightforward he is and deserves all the criticism. So hopefully he hears this and and takes it honestly. But I was like, okay, so he's like saying the right thing, I guess. But before we've seen him as kind of a petulant child a little bit with the Jeff Saturday thing. 
just the way he kind of reacted and then got mad and then didn't say much. So, I mean, I, the opening, I think, is good. Yeah, so, saying the things he needs to say. I'm interested to see just the rest, how this goes. This is almost 40 minutes, guys, so we're going to be here for a while. Um, it is being able to be streamed on Facebook, I think some other places, Colts app and things like that. And we're watching it on Facebook right now, so let's continue. I had some rough moments, you know, this season, thinking about, you know, where we're at and how we got where we're at. The mistakes I had made. And there's only one way to, you got to go through it. You know, you can't avoid it, can't go over it, can't go on. I mean, you got to go through it. It's the only way you're going to grow. And I believe in our people. I believe in our processes. We have really smart, good people in this building. And I believe going forward, we'll prove that. I know there's doubt. There should be. Absolutely, there should be. The criticism, it's warranted. Criticism, you know, regarding my job and what I've done, it's warranted. But I'm still, I've not lost any confidence in what we can build here. You know, we live in a world where failure is not allowed. It's not allowed. You you fail in this world, we're, and we're doing it at the biggest stage. When you fail in this world, you get canceled. And everybody wants your head, and, right, and rightfully so in some cases. But if you're able to go through it and grow from it, you can reach your greatest heights, and I think we will. Um, all the things written and said and say most of it's warranted. We didn't perform well enough. And it falls on me. You know, it's interesting, Adam, because you talked about how Ballard in his last couple pressers has been very defensive, right, about himself. And, you know, I don't know what it what it's been. Maybe he's just had some time to process it. Maybe he's had some good conversations with Jim Ursay. But this is a kind of a different Chris Ballard than we've seen the last couple week, couple press conferences that he's had, right? Um, it's so funny because like he was so defensive about you know the wide receivers the one time, and now he's kind of just like, yeah, you know, I failed. I failed in a lot of ways. He's not making excuses, which I think is a positive sign. Um, we'll see if that continues. But you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad that he's. Uh, it's just kind of ironic how how it's kind of just changed so quickly, you know, from where he was a few months ago with the Saturday stuff and, and to now, like just his mood and just the way that he's phrasing things. You can see by his body language, like just all that stuff is very telling. Yeah, it feels a little bit closer to like when he's hired. I think the one thing that I picked up again, my my uh, other job is is in sales. So I think I, I hang a little more on words. But the one thing I guess I struggle with here is it's my fault, but we have the people in the building and I trust these people. Hmm. So I, I think that that's a little bit what I'm struggling with here. I'm not expecting him to throw anybody under the bus, um, but it's <clears throat> that's the piece. It's like, okay, so if you've got the people in there and you trust them, yet you failed, then help me understand what's going to change moving forward if you've got the people in there and you trust them. Sure. That's kind of my concern, I guess. Yeah, and is that him saying, you know, without saying it, like, it's the coaching staff, like, we've handled the issue, you know? Like, it was that is that what he's saying? Like, is he saying, you know what? Like, we're learning from a personnel standpoint. We think we have the right people in the building. We're just going to get a new whole entire new coaching staff. I don't know, but, like, that would be the only explanation for me as to why he would say that, so... Um, anyway, let's continue. All right. Fire away. Chris, you, you put this team together. In your own words, it was a failure. How did it get this bad? You, you talked about the mistakes. What were those mistakes? Well, look, I mean, looking back, you know, on it, I mean, when you're changing quarterbacks every year, it's tough. It's tough on everybody. It's tough on, you know, the team. And, you know, not getting that position settled, um, you know, has a little something to do with it. Um, and that's no indictment on any of the quarterbacks we have. I mean, let me talk about Matt Ryan. I mean, it's not an indictment on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is as 
professional a guy player that I've ever been around. And I still think he's got, you know, something left to, you know, something left to pre, you know, in his body to play smart, Disagree. knows how to play the game. Um, you know, looking back early in the season, we, you know, we had some changes to the offensive line and that's where our struggles occurred early. And, you know, we just never really recovered from them. Um, and it took us some while to get some continuity. I probably underestimated that. I thought we've been so good up front, you know, for the last few years. I thought with, you know, the three really good players we had coming back in Braden, Ryan Kelly and, and Quentin, that we would absorb those other positions and they would come up to speed right away. And it just didn't occur that way. And I don't like that excuse at all. Like, that's a real that's weak. Like how the world in your right mind, do you think, Oh, having a third round rookie and having Matt Pryor, who has never played the position at left tackle is the solution. And Oh, it's just because we have Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Braden Smith. It's going to be fine, but we're neglecting to properly address. And on the end, it's probably going to work out because Ryman's looked pretty good. But like at the end of the day, you failed to address that. And it really, especially early Adam came back to bite you in the butt and I just hate like the the kind of the, the answer that he gave. It's just like that doesn't answer like why, you know, why you thought that was OK. You know, it doesn't make it OK. So which I, I'll say he is owning up to it, saying I thought that that was the thing. That was my process. And and it was wrong. So I, I'm glad about that. And at the end of the day, it's hopefully going to work out. And Ryan is going to be the guy for the next five to ten years. So at the end of the day, I just I don't like that answer at all. Um, I don't really think I think it's kind of a weak excuse. But anyway. Can and, we also you know, address that, the? Can we also address the comment about Matt Ryan? Can yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, can, is that is that a lot of just like because Ballard never really threw under anybody under the bus, right? Like you said, but like Matt Ryan's done. Let, let's be honest; like he's done. His arm shot. He came and pushed the ball beyond twenty yards. Like, right? It's bad. Like, and can we stop being an organization of feel and be an organization of fact? Right. Because I think that that's what's got us into this a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's my concern, I guess, if he does stay in power. Because let's not forget that him being at this press conference doesn't mean he's keeping his job. Right. Yep, exactly. I mean, well, we'll see. But, yeah, I don't – I mean, how much of that is just him having to save face? And, I mean, Matt Ryan, let's be honest, he's a, he was a really good quarterback for a long time. So, it's like you have that respect, but hopefully you don't allow that to, you know, maybe hinder your judgment, if you will. So, um, but, yeah, also it would do the cult a favor if Matt Ryan did retire and <laughs> save him some money. So, we'll see what happens on that on that front. But, yeah, definitely. Let's continue. That's a mistake. Now, I will say midseason I did think the line played better. I thought they played better down the stretch. I know they did. Yeah. They've taken a lot of criticism, but down the stretch, they that wasn't the reason we were losing. Um, the one thing you'll, it's a fickle game, but, and I know people say it all the time, but like more games are lost than won. We lost them. Like you cannot be minus 13 in the turnover ratio and win. You can't do it. You can't be 32nd in the league in the red zone and win. And I think on defense, we either finished 30 or 31st in the red zone. Like those are key areas of the game that you have to perform to be able to win. There's a way to win every game. I've said this every year with whoever you have. I mean, the talent level in this league between teams, sure, there's going to be a few that have low, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's not here and here. It's usually here and here. And I think you even look at the playoffs of teams that rebounded from, a year ago that everybody said stunk and now they're in the playoffs. But those teams that got in, they didn't, they didn't lose the game. Like they didn't lose the game and we lost the game. You can't turn the ball over. You have to execute in the red zone when you get those opportunities. And we didn't. That's true. I mean, the Colts definitely did. How many times do we say the Colts snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory? They did that so many times this year. It was almost predictable and comical at the end of the year how how predictable it was with this team. But I mean, it's just it's just bizarre to me still, Adam, how different this year's Colts were than last year's. Just in terms of the turnover department, the Colts were one of the best in turnover ratios last year, and they're they're by far 
the worst this year. Yeah. It's just crazy how a year can change so many things. I know, obviously, with the quarterback situation, with Shaq being out most of the year, like those things are key. But like, it's just bizarre how you go from one of the best to literally the worst in like just one season. Isn't it interesting, too? <clears throat> it feels like he's transitioning from taking the blame to now blaming the players on the field that execute. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's another piece that I felt through this press conference through. I think I got through most of it, but it's another piece that I felt is it's like, I take all the blame, but we can't and we can't and we can't. And all the we can'ts are on the field. Right. It feels Which, like more of a Jeff Saturday conversation than right. a Chris Ballard in this scenario. Right. But, that, but, I, but, me, but he's me, right. Me, you know, he's right. absolutely right. And that's why I go back to the coaching thing. Like how much of that does Ballard and Ursa, as they've talked, been like, it's been the coach. Like, and I think to a degree it has been the coach because like, it's not like Ballard has not brought in talent. I will say he definitely in certain key positions uh, needs to be better about it, but he has, I mean, in, outside of quarterback, we already know we've talked about it to death. Like how many draft picks have the Colts invested in the Frank Reich era in pass rush? And literally what do they have to show for it? You know, how many times have the Colts tried to do these different things and, and it just hasn't worked out, you know? So I don't know. I just, I guess I have the question of like how much of that is Ballard putting on the coach, you know, and how much of the coach should be blamed for that, you know, as well. Um, I would think after going through two coaches and having, you know, kind of the same, some of the same issues, you would say maybe it's a personnel issue as well. Um, and you need to own up to that, which he has in some ways, but yeah, I just, I do, I always just go back to the coach with the kind of some of the subtle comments, the subtle jabs at the previous coach, Frank Reich and some of his staff, um, as well. So just, it's interesting. Absolutely interesting. So do you have any other thoughts on that? No, let's keep it rolling. All right. And though, uh, that is true, but good teams, they don't, they don't do that. That's right. Your team consistently never That's did right. that. And That's did right. to commit those turnovers. What does that say about your team? And, and what is, what do you think the talent level of this team is right now? Have you had to reevaluate that? Well, I mean, look, we're starting that process. I mean, obviously we're not good enough. I mean, you finish. 412 and one let's don't i'm not going to sit up here and act like oh you know what we had a super bowl roster and it, it's everybody no we're not at the end of the day we're not good enough and we got to figure out the areas we're not good enough do i think we're devote just complete our talent is not like we're like when i walked in here in 17 i thought we had some talent issues that we had to correct um i do think there's some building pieces here they got to play better you know, our best players got to play to their standard, but I don't, I don't think we're void of talent. We need to add more talent and there's areas that we need to get better at, but I don't think we're vo- complete void of talent. Yeah. That's something that I actually talked with Derek about. We made a video that will actually be coming out tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that guys. Like I said, this doesn't feel like the 2017 Colts, like in terms of talent, like, yes, they had in similar ways, they blew games and they lost games and they just, it was ridiculous, but like this team has, superior talent to that 2017 team out Adam and I don't really think it's close like I really think this team from a talent standpoint they have a lot of good young players and some nice veteran pieces that I think have played well but yeah guys like Michael Pittman he, he can't have all those drops Jonathan Taylor can't be fumbling the ball you know in critical situations um, you know Ryan Kelly and Quentin all the offensive line they can't perform the way that they did last year like things like that where you're just like yeah, you know, you, you have some pieces, but they weren't playing up to their standards. The majority of them weren't. And that's a big reason why the team sits right now where they are. But the talent is certainly there. Um, but there's definitely some holes that this team needs to address 100%. Yeah. I mean, you can't have a nut, what was it, negative 13 turnover ratio? Yeah. And, and be competitive, right? I mean, unless you're the Minnesota Vikings who had a negative point differential and somehow win 13 games or 12 games or whatever. Right. Right. But I mean, I think I guess what I keep waiting to hear is how you're going to be different. How are you going to do it different? Because if you're not going to do it different, then why in the world are we keeping you around? Right. Exactly. He says, I've learned. But like, how have you learned? What have you learned? What are you going to change? Yeah. Right. And if you're so transparent, let's talk about it, Chris. Say what you've learned. Exactly. All right. Input, control. 
varied since you got here? Have you called the same level of shots since you got here? Because it seems like you're not. I know. I know where you're getting at. Let me. I'm gonna say this about Mr. Ursay. I love working for him. He's a good man. He's a good owner, and he has a lot of experience in this league. And we talk about everything. And look, we don't always agree. Like if we're agreeing all the time, I'm not doing my job. If I'm sitting here just, you know, I mean, and I don't, I think y'all have been around me long enough to know that like, it just comes out. <laughs> like sometimes even when I don't want it to, it just comes out. Like, I'm going to be honest and tell you what I think. And I'm very honest with him about what I think. And he's very honest and direct with me. And at the end of the day, um, there's some decisions that I'll make and you say, good, you know, okay, Chris, I don't completely agree with that, but go ahead, let's move forward. And there's some decisions that he'll make that I'll say, look, I don't completely agree with that, but we'll move forward. But when we make one, we make it and we make it together and we move forward. Mr. Ursay lets me do my job. Chris. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> let's me do my job. I, I'm just going to throw a, and it may, may get hashtag worthy. Are we the Cowboys of the Midwest now? <laughs> right. Ah, <laughs> uh, I yeah. You well, know, I was gonna say like it, it's just it's interesting um how he's like I let that show sometimes. Well, yeah, like the press conference where you literally just like crossed your arms and looked like you know you're at a timeout, like that kind of stuff. Like he's got to be better about that. Like he has to. It's you know like it's, you're a professional GM. Like you can't act like a baby one in the press conference. Like you just need to be better about that kind of stuff. So. Or does or does Ursay need to turn over power? Do the girls need to get more power? Mm. Whole different yeah. discussion. I mean, but yeah, yeah. All right, let's continue. From all that you said, and you know how the league is, it, it's a win. It's a win league. It's it's a bottom line league. Yeah. Are you surprised you're sitting here? Um, I don't ever worry about that chap. Like I just, I mean, I come to work. I get, I, I give you everything I got. I mean, everything I got, like I don't shortchange anything and I don't worry about getting let go and fired. Um, I do the best I can. And even the best laid plans sometimes, even the best thought out plans don't, they don't work sometimes I and mean, they don't and it didn't work last year. And so I'm not going to sit up here and make excuses for that. And I'm not going to make excuses for having a job. Um, I've got to do my job better. How do you evaluate Jeff Saturday, eight games in, and is he a candidate for his job? He is, he is going to be a candidate, okay? Um, tough. And I told Mr. Say this. I mean, I like when, when, he, when he made the decision and we talked through Jeff, I, I, I voiced my concerns, I, hmm. which were, look, this is unprecedented and we're putting him into a really tough situation here, taking a, a team over mid season. Um, it's going to be tough. And I wanted to make sure he understood that. And I had the same talk with Jeff. Um, but look, here's what I know about Jeff being around him. He is smart. Um, he is a good teammate and he is a leader. Like those things are real. And now we need to find out because we didn't get into like you can't change, like you can't do wholesale changes, like when you come in week eight. You know that that stuff starts in April. You know your vision and everything you want to do. That's that starts in April and that's built over time and over years. And it so it'll be interesting to hear. He'll go through the process just like everybody else. Be interesting to hear his his vision, um, how he wants to build it. I mean, he'll go through the whole interview process. Well, I would, I would hope so. <laughs> you know, like any, any interim coach, I think would at least get the opportunity. Um, but what I take from this, Adam, is there ain't no way Jeff Saturday's in the top 10 for Chris Ballard's, you know, selections. If he has the choice, right? If he has the choice, which is a big if at this point with how irrational and just kind of crazy ursay has been recently with his power. But like if Ballard gets the, the final word on it, you know what I mean? Like if he, if, if Jim says, all right, whoever you want, like I'll sign off on it. If I, if, if I see, and we have a conversation about it, like, I don't think Jeff's in that conversation, completely honest with you, you know, just cause you look at the record. I know he was put into a not ideal situation, a hundred percent, you know, it's a no win situation, but the Colts routinely embarrass themselves at him 
every single week they found a new way to embarrass themselves. And I would argue they were the worst team in the NFL at the end of the year. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it was interesting. Close your eyes, remove the name. He's smart. He's a good teammate and he's a good leader. Are we talking about a player? Or are we talking about a coach? That's what I thought was as well. I'm like a teammate. Like what? You know, like I, I think there's a way that, and I think this is probably how if Ballard has the opportunity, he'll be like, Jeff, we appreciate what you've done. Um, we're looking, we're going to go a different direction. You know, we obviously appreciate what you've done for this franchise as a player and also as the interim coach, but we're going to go, you know, in a different direction. Like I see that easily being a conversation where Saturday's like, I completely get it. I understand. And they move forward, you know? And so I really don't see a scenario where Saturday comes back. If Ballard is the one calling the shots at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he comes back as head coach. I could see him maybe yeah. position coach. I could see some of the culture he would like to build. I love the aggression. And, you know, if, if it, those of you who haven't seen it, go check out his end of year presser. I mean, he does have a plan and he did inherit in fairness, a catastrophe. And mm. he then lost arguably the best running back in the NFL and had a quarterback who was fumbling and turning the ball over every game. It felt like three to four times. So yeah, right. there are some pieces he can't control. Um, there are a lot of things I love about his personality. I hope for his sake that he's not the head coach of this team next year. Right. Because it's not fair to him. There's so many qualified candidates out there. I mean, the Colts have already requested to speak to some of those guys that I think a lot of us would like. Shane Steichen, Eagles offensive coordinator, and also um, as well, Ben Johnson, the Lions, OC. Like those two guys would be some of my top candidates. And so there's a lot of qualified guys out there that have the experience that you're looking for, especially if you are going all in, which it seems like they will be on a rookie quarterback, right? You need somebody that you could pair with him that can get the most out of him. Right. And so I don't think Jeff Saturday is that guy. While he's a great motivator, players love him. Like, you know, that doesn't, doesn't change since he was a player or a coach. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think if you're really wanting to set your franchise up well and your rookie quarterback up well from the beginning, you got to get that guy in there. Uh, whether it's a defensive guy that gets a good offensive coordinator or whether it's an offensive guy that can work with that, with that quarterback, you just need that. And that's, that's so critical um, here in year one for this rookie. So all right. I want D'Amico Ryan's on that list, by the way. I want Absolutely. to see the game in the next couple days. Yes, please. I would be all for that. All right. Colts, no division titles in six years. Do you feel like the roster construction, the roster blueprint, how you wanted to build it is the right way in today's NFL? That, that's good. That's good, Kev. I mean, I got to grow. Like, I'm very stubborn and dogmatic sometimes. Heck, yeah, um, you are. I do believe you have to be great up front. Like I'll never like that's can that's in my I'll, that'll be on my grave. Like you got to be good up front, and we weren't good enough this year. Um, we showed signs, and I and I do think there's potential going forward. But we at the end of the day we weren't good enough, and that's that's on me. Um, but in terms of how we build the rest of the roster, that's that's an area that we'll examine hard, um, and and move forward and grow and grow. You said when you guys had the press conference to introduce Jeff that you felt like this team, everyone's going to throw in the towel and you guys can still make a run. Jeff's comments yesterday sort of said that he didn't think that you guys had a chance to do anything this year. Do you agree with what he said there? I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever go into a, like we're, at that time we were three, five and one. So you're talking to, I mean, I've been a part of teams that been one in five and made the playoffs. Been a time, uh, last year we were one in four and we're nine and six. So, so I ain't like I'm not throwing in a towel midseason. Um, and you know, then we go and we beat the Raiders um, in his first games. And you think, okay, we got a we got a shot here to maybe you know rebound this thing. And then it just got spinning out of control. So. I don't, I don't ever, my mindset is never in going into a game where like, we don't have a shot. I just, I don't have, even at any point, I just, my mind doesn't work that way. Would you think I'll be a candidate for this job and who will make the final decision of who the next coaches? Good question. I won't get into who the candidates are. I know there's names out there, but we're not going to talk about that. 
Um, I'll lead the search. Um, look, ultimately, Mr. Ursay makes the final call. And I don't, I don't care what or there's 32 teams, 32 owners. They own the team, you know, and we give them, you know, here's what, here's our thoughts. And Mr. Ursay is a good listener. Um, and ultimately he'll make the final call, but he will lean heavily on our work and what we do to get the coaching candidates in place. I hope he does uh, for everybody's sake. I really hope that he allows Ballard and this crew, if, and it appears that Ballard's going to lead this coaching search. So hopefully, you know, he just allows Ballard to do, and, and all the people around that to do what they're hired to do and not step in. Obviously he, he needs to have some sort of say, but like it can't be the thing where, you know, the Colts have an idea, Ballard and company. They're like, hey, we're get, for example, we're going to hire D'Amico Ryans. And he's like, no, you know, I don't know about that one. Um, and he's like, let's, what do you, have you thought about, you know, whoever, like he can't do that kind of stuff. Like he can't overstep uh, his GM. Like that's, that's just not good for anybody. And so, yeah, I, I don't know your thoughts on this, Adam, but I just, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, we're seven, six days shy of a team that hasn't won a game in two months. And let's not sugarcoat it. The decision that was made at that point almost two months ago was to bring Jeff Saturday in. And Jim Irsay intentionally put his face all over that decision. Mm-hmm. That is a Jim Irsay thing. You are, you, there are no questions when Jim Irsay makes a decision because he will pimp it, for lack of a better term. And he did that about the Saturday thing. And whether it's Saturday's fault, the team construction fault, at the end of the day, you've got to put the right people in the right positions to make the right decision. And no matter how much information or how much knowledge you have, because you've been in the league so long, sometimes just like in business, it's okay to listen to outside people. My concern is Ballard's made this claim before with Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels wasn't, was his guy and Frank Reich wasn't right. And so that was supposedly the whole reason that we're going down this road. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> at the end of the day, we need a change here. And I don't know with Chris Ballard here that there isn't enough back and forth that's gone on over the last five or six years that either one of those men, I mean, Ballard said to himself, he's wildly stubborn. I would hope that Ursay would admit to that. But I don't know that either one of these men can put that aside when they sit down in a room and knock feeling out of it and go straight to fact. That's my concern. Yeah. Well, I will be interested if Ballard indeed does do the search and he's the guy this year. Like, I want to see him get his first candidate, his first choice. Like, I want to see that, you know, Um, because I do feel like for what the Colts were designed to do, what Ballard's core beliefs are, it just kind of seemed a little bit different than what Frank Reich was. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like Ballard believes in kind of what Mike Vrabel does, you know, with the Titans, like, you know, beat you up like that kind of, that kind of mentality. Like we're just going to outwork you, not beat you. And it just kind of felt like there was maybe a little bit of a disconnect there. So I just, I'm interested to see is a guy like D'Amico Ryan's one of those guys that is a Ballard guy, you know, his, what he's looking for in a coach, a motivator type of guy. And maybe, you know, I know he obviously would have chosen Josh McDaniels, which probably wouldn't have gone well, but I'm just interested to see him finally get his number one guy to be the coach from day one. So yep. be interesting, but let's get, let's continue here. We've still got, a, we still got some time. Decisions over the last 12 months have hurt this franchise. Now, Mr. Say, Mr. Say does, you know, we've had some long talks, had a long talk Sunday. Um, no, I don't, I don't, he's been in this a long time and he's got a good feel for this. And, you know, every decision that has been made, we have, we have talked through. Um, and I don't, I don't think it hurt us. No. We, look, ultimately it falls on my shoulders. It's a very specific approach to, to quarterback the last few years, right? The veterans, we understand why. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, looking back, hindsight, all that, do you feel like there were any missed opportunities to address that position more permanently? You know, we post-mortem everything. Yeah. And, uh, I've examined and I've looked at that. You know, let's 
you got a good team. All right. We have a good, we thought, well, we had a, a good football team. And, you know, when you're making, and this is a, you know, hindsight's 20 twice easy to look back and criticize your, you know, what you've done in the past. And I think, you know, me, like I'm nobody's harder, like y'all write stuff, but it, it it's not like I've, I've fired myself 50 times this year. So it's, Come on, I sit in that press box and just agonize. And it's a looking back, you know, we kept thinking, okay, we'll add the vet. We'll add a vet quarterback. Um, would give us a chance to really get over the hump, you know, and looking at missed opportunities. You know, we thought with Carson, we were getting a young enough player that we could have a guy that could be here for the long term for at least a five, six, seven year run, you know, and we weren't right on that decision. Um, and then giving up the assets at the time um, probably cost us from being able to get one in 21, which I don't really, you know, looking back, I don't really know if we'd have had an opportunity in the draft, but, um, and then not having a first round pick this last year restricted that. Um, so I've thought a lot about that, you know, and what direction we go. Look, at the end of the day, we made the decisions we did. Uh, we had a process to make them and it's we're at, we're at where we're at. So regard to the, to the head coaching search real fast um that's such a bad answer in some ways like aka deal with it like okay like ballard acts like he had no choice in getting carson like you did um now again yeah i get it you gave up your first round pick couldn't get a quarterback but you could have got justin fields if you really wanted to like there's no question about that you've had opportunities and i'm sure he knows that but <sighs> that just sucks. Looking back on it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, like you said. But man, some potential awesome opportunities there to get your guy, and a perfect opportunity to say, again, I, I haven't done the best job. Leave it at that. Don't pontificate. This is your this is your prime spot to show us that your actions and your words are heartfelt, and they are going to be different. Just flat out say, look, like we didn't. I was too stubborn to go away from my approach and my approach based on our record has been wrong. Hmm. It's simple. How important will be the ability to put a structure around a young quarterback? How important will that be in your process? I think the ability to win. All right. So we know there's the elite of the elite. We know that like when you walk out on game day, when you got one of the elite of the elite, the field, I mean, all of a sudden, just it, it just feels different. But you got to be able to win with with average to above average quarterback play. You got to be able to find a way to win. So it's going to be very important. Whether it's an offensive coach, defensive coach, special team coach, the the ability to build a plan around how we're going to win, what our identity is going to be, and how we're going to win with who's playing quarterback is important because. I think there is a way to win every game. I think you just look across the league right now and teams with, you know, that might not be getting great, they're not getting superstar quarterback play, but getting solid quarterback play or finding ways to win. Chris, are you going to be surprised as we are if you don't pick a quarterback in the first round? We're going to be surprised. You know that. Are you going to be surprised if you don't? Well, you you got the loaded questions. You've got them fired up today. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's the fourth pick of the draft. Um, fuck, we aren't, I mean, excuse my language, but we are, we are in that. Um, <laughs> I don't like earning it, but we did. That's um, genuine valid right there. <laughs> I've said this before and I think history proves me right. I can take one. We can take one as an organization and y'all are going to celebrate it and I, say, we have got uh, the savior for the Colts. And then if he doesn't play well, why'd you take that guy? You gotta be right. We gotta be right. We understand the magnitude of where, we understand the magnitude of where we're at in the draft. And we understand the, the importance of the position. I don't know, do you? To get one that actually you can win with and to be right is the most important thing. Not if we take one or not, but being right. But he trusts himself and his staff that hasn't made the right decision. And you got Frank. What matters right now 
criteria-wise for the next head coach? So um, I'm going to tell you what I I'm going to tell you what I learned. One, don't start with an end in mind, okay? It's big. You know, a lot of times what happens is you get a vision of what you want before you, I mean, like, you've made your mind up, and then you might ignore somebody that's really freaking good right in front of your face. So we've got a very detailed process put together on the traits and attributes we're looking for in the head coach. Don't care what side of the ball. Um, okay, good to know. And then to be patient, take your time and make sure we have a thorough interview with everybody. Consistent, thorough. Um, I don't care if it takes till mid-February to hire the head coach. It's about getting it right. Point differential is kind of thing that you've always kind of alluded to is how your team played in a season, worst in the league. What does that say about personnel-wise? Um, well, it says we weren't very good. I mean, you're, I think we're a minus 138, um, fourth quarter. I mean, we, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like what happened in Dallas where, you know, it's 21, 19 going into fourth quarter and we just, you know, they score the touchdown. Then we have the fumble and then it was just a complete meltdown. Um, it's, it's look, we got to get better. I'm not going to sit up here and make excuses. We got to get better. I got to do a better job. Um, I got to get more talent on this football team. Got to improve it. Our best players have to play to their capability and the young players have to play to their capability that we thought. Um, I don't think the cupboard is dry. Um, I do think we have some good young players and I think we got some players in their prime that can play better. Um, but it, at the end of the day, we're four, twelve, and one. It's not good enough. Was the effort was there all year long. What's that? The effort was the same all year long. Yeah, that that we got a good group. Like they work. I didn't. I didn't ever feel like, you know, they weren't competing. Our competitive confidence. It's somewhere along the way, and I don't know where, but our competitive confidence, we we lost. Like when it got hard in the game, it those are the times we would melt down. Um, yeah, I mean, this team will soft at them. <laughs> I think Ballard sees it. We all see it. Like, I, and and can we can we talk about why the QB is so important at this point? But Matt Ryan, in in all accounts from everybody and their brother um, that you talk to, is an unbelievable man. But we've had a lot of really unbelievable human beings on this team, and maybe what we're seeing here and what Ballard's alluding to is for the next quarterback search, they want a leader to come into that locker room. Because when you're in a competitive spot, I mean, say what you want about the antics of an Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady and folks like that. But what happens when their team gets in a spot? You see them doing what? They're talking to everybody, offense, defense, rallying them. They're on the sidelines. And maybe that's what this organization has missed. I mean, Wentz isn't rah-rah. Philip Rivers is a gosh darn it guy, which is pretty funny, but I don't know that he's an overly a little bit more fiery. But. Yeah, but I mean, he's kind of the last pseudo fire we've had, right? I say, like, look, look at the team, look at how they responded in 2020 versus how they've responded or lack thereof response when it mattered. You know, with Carson Wentz, a quarterback last year, they they crapped the bed last two weeks. You know, this year. Every single week, it seemed like they, 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 like we talked about, they lost games. And Ballard even said it. They lost games. They didn't win games. Um, there's only one game this year, Adam, that I can genuinely say the Colts won that game. And that was the Jacksonville game, the second time. That's it. Other yeah. than that, no, none of them. So, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that he's taking accountability here um, for sure. And, uh, but, you know, maybe there's just some things that it, it can be up for interpretation sometimes what he means by certain things. Yeah. Um, so some people, you know, can think of it, take it one way. Some people can take it the other way. But, uh, yeah. you know, he's saying the right things. We'll see if he walks the walk or not. February, you know. February 16th is an interesting date, by the way. That Why is that? Be, well, that would be the date that you'd be allowed to interview D'Amico Ryans if you made it to the Super Bowl or oh. Shane Steichen if they made it to the Super Bowl. That's true. That's true. Or it, around about that. I don't have the date sitting in front of me. But if he was going to do a lengthy conversation – 
it would need to be after the Super Bowl, which I believe is that first mm-hmm. week in February, which then puts you right around that same time frame you just spit out. Yep. All right, we still got some time here, so let's continue this. We got about 18 minutes left. Um, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't like. I'd sit here and I wish I could have a complete answer for you, but I don't. That's something we have to work through as we go through this off season. Um, but Ali, man, it, it's it's you know ultimately, ultimately it it's where we're at. Doesn't mean that's where we're going to stay, but it's where we're at right now. And look, you got to look at it. Like, I'm not sitting up here with rose-colored glasses acting. I'm not going to put our heads in the sand and act like everything's okay. It's not. Um, and and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, we don't need to make. No, there's going to be changes. And there's going to be, you know, changes on the roster. You know, when you're at, when you're at this level, there's going to be change. Um, everybody knows that. Players know it. I know yeah. it. I'm interested to see who that is. It has to be the right guy. If there's a quarterback in this draft that you think is that guy, would you move heaven and earth to get him? Would you go up to number one? Yes, I'd do whatever it takes. If we if we thought there's a player that, that we're driven to get that makes the franchise and the team better, that's what we would do. I I love that answer. I'll say that. Kind of, oh, yeah. I think the fans have a, that's what we need. <laughs> um, a depiction of you where you're conservative. Like yeah. You do trade back a lot, and, and I can understand why. Um, whether it's draft, free agency, trades, whatever, um, do you feel like there's a need to maybe go for it a little more like we have been seeing around the league? Whatever shape that takes. I think it just – I think it always – like, I don't know. I mean, I don't – I mean, we did trade for Buckner. We did trade for Carson. It didn't mean we were right on the trade, but we traded for him. We did trade for Matt Ryan. Um, it's not like we haven't done anything. Like, we've just sat on our heels and we're just going to draft every player – and no, we've we've made we've made. You haven't drafted a rookie moves. quarterback in the uh, first now, round. They weren't always free agent moves, but that's what you, you haven't know, Buckner, done. I would say Buckner was a good trade, unequivocally. Yeah. Um, it was, but it wasn't force Buckner's because I mean, you could have got a quarterback. Him and Grover Stewart have you? Yeah, I love I the mean, book trade though. Lord, I'm with I mean, him these on two guys one. just showed up each and every week and competed their asses off. Never bitched, never complained. You never knew. You would never know what the record is watching practice and watching games, watching these two dudes play. They played the way the game's supposed to be played. We have other guys that did that too. Um, but when when our times to be aggressive, we'll be aggressive when we need to be. Over the last 12 months, it's been a lot. Has your desire to be here wavered at all, and why or why not? Huh. Wow. No. That's telling right there. Like we don't got a we don't have a transfer portal. We don't we don't have that, and I don't want it. Like I don't, I don't I've never backed out of anything in my life. I won't back out of this. He was thinking we'll about it. Right. it. Um, wow. People are scared to struggle. I'm not gonna sit here and say I like it, but I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of the struggle. I'm not afraid of the hardness of what we do. Matter of fact, I kind of get off on it. And <laughs> wow. To answer your question, no. No else, no other place I want to be but Indy. I think he's going to make it right for Indy. I think he contemplated uh, it, man. Around an offensive line, a lot of uh, draft picks and money. Well, we know he did, right? To pass about that, how, how that sends a message. I was telling. What your team's going to be. Um, just curious, what did you think about that moment in New York? Kayvon Thibodeau uh, doing Snow Angels and – um, so we'll guys were, were we'll 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 I'm interested to see this because he cares about the offensive line so much. So let's see this. I do believe when I go, and I'll never lose this. Your offensive line's demeanor, attitude, aggressiveness is contagious to the rest of the team. 100%. At the end of the day, even though I thought they played better, they're not playing to the standard that they have set. Um, as for that play, look, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't, I think it's hard. I expect our players, and I, and I think our players do, I think I'm to defend for each other. You know, you you protect your own. 
you protect your team. Where does this team go in the direction of the team? Talk of possibly drafting a quarterback. Have you talked to Matt Ryan about his future? Do you expect him to be back here next season? Yeah, we'll work through that. I had a good talk with Matt yesterday. We'll work through that. Right now, it's about the head coach. Um, You know, our staff's evaluating our roster. Um, We'll work through that. Um, But right now, the the priority of the organization is to to get the right head football coach. And it should be. You can deal with that later. Kansas City, Buffalo, big, big trades to go up and get their respective QBs. What do you think? Obviously, you haven't drafted the top 10 necessarily on a routine basis, but what has held you back from making that sort of move for the franchise? Yeah. So, well, I mean, at, at one point we had Andrew Luck. Okay. You know, all right, so then, you know, you go to 19 and then we we'll go to the 19 season, um, get done with that one. And we decided to go with Philip Rivers at the time. That was a area that when we had the 13th pick, we ended up trading for Buckner that we did have serious talk about it at the time. Um, and, but at that point we said, you know, we got a burden hand here. We got a, we're getting a three technique. That's a really special player and fits our character profile, what we want. Um, and then in 21, we, you know, we signed Carson, you know, so the opportunity to do it probably was in 20, you know, and we made the decision with Buckner and I don't, I don't regret that decision. Two things. One, from what you see with the offensive line, is Bernhard, can, do you think he is the guy or can be the guy or what? Yeah, that's good. Um, yes, I do. Um, encouraged by him, very encouraged. Um, early was rough, as it is for most left tackles. I mean, we, we want him to be Jonathan Ogden the second they walk in the league and or Costanzo the second. I mean, we forget Anthony had his struggles early. Most left tackles do have their struggles early. Is this his fourth year? But to his credit. Playing football in general? I'll never forget leaving New England. I think it's only like and, two or three. You know, Bernard is passionate and cares and wants to do the right thing. He's got tears in his eyes walking to the bus. And I just, I remember telling him, I said, look, I said, you're going to have days like this in this league. And I said, but your mental toughness and ability to, to reset is important. And I said, and for you to make it, you have to do that. And to the kid's credit, he battled his ass off. He got better each week. I'm sure he's got some things he's got to work on. He's got to get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger, but he, we thought he performed at a winning level uh, the last seven, eight weeks of the season. I know there was a couple plays and some mistakes out there. They all do. I mean, look across the league. I mean, players make mistakes. They're not, they're not perfect. Yeah, talking to JT yesterday, surgery possibility or do you know? I think over the next two weeks, we'll know more. It was a, no, it was a, it was a pretty good high ankle sprain. Um, and, you know, we'll find out more here in the next couple of weeks. It doesn't, I'm not going to sit here and say yes or no, but it looks positive. Positive that you won't need surgery. Yeah. So, but we'll go, we'll work through that. When you hired Jeff on the interim front, did you think you guys should have promoted someone on staff? Um, it never really got to that point. You know, we, we the, the discussion was Jeff. And when we decided to go that way, that's where we were going. You know, as big of a roller coaster for you guys, what about the fans here in Indianapolis to have to go through what they've gone through this year? It sucks. And I love them. They're great. I don't like even the, even when they're pissed and they boo and the criticism and like, that means they care. It means they're invested. They care. Like I would rather have that than apathetic people that didn't care. Like I handle that well. I don't like. I'm still going to show up, and I'm still going to show up in public. And when they make a comment to me, it's okay. I handle it well. I get a million. I get emails, calls. You have no idea. And I do everything I can to return all of them. And it's they deserve that. Our, Good deal, our Cody. Team, Let's see if we can get his number, text him, and get him on the show. Um, <laughs> there we go. I, I'm I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for their passion. I'd rather them be passionate than apathetic. Um, and I want to I want to do good for them. And I'm sorry I let them down. The perception from the outside is that Jeff has a leg up or two legs up on the rest of the coaching field. Search, what's your answer to that? It'll be a, no, it'll be a, 
<laughs> like he his leg up is that he's got the, he knows the internal workings and he's been able to see the inside of what he of what he wants to fix. But we we'll have a, a process that'll be equal for everybody. Rudy rule. Is it the right move to pay running back top dollar? When they're great players, it is. Yeah, when they're a special playmaker, it is. I'm not going to get into whether what we're going to do contract wise with him, but when when you're a special player and a special playmaker, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, dovetailing off of that, Michael Pittman's also up. Yep. How hard was it this year to see his development or lack thereof when you've not got a vertical passing game? Yeah, that's that's good. That's that's a good question. Um, Pitt's a good guy. Pitt's a good player. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've all had this talk before. Like, what's a one? You know, is there? You know, there. What's a real one? I mean, you know, a guy that, you know, that every time he touches the ball, you're scared to death. You know, that he's going to go score. So there are very few of those. Is he a really good freaking player? Damn right he is. And uh, and he's passionate and he's tough and he competes his ass off and he wears it. And I love that about him. I love that he wears his emotions on his sleeve. I love that he cares deeply about winning. Pittman's a really good football player. Um, and we're lucky to we're lucky to have him on our team. Was he frustrated this year there the end, maybe? Or- I think everybody was frustrated. I, I, I'd be disappointed if people weren't frustrated. I'd be disappointed if our players weren't frustrated. I mean, I had them streaming through my office yesterday. And, you know, damn right they're frustrated. They care. They care. But players need, I mean, like, they want to win. and They want to do things right. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't go that way this year. So they're frustrated. Jeff, how much will the record, you mentioned the historical nature to the end of the season, how much will that matter in his evaluation? Yeah, I mean, I can't. Yeah, we put him in a, that's a tough spot, man. I don't, I'm not judging him by that. Um, what I will judge, the things I did like were I stayed positive. He kept working, held the team accountable, wasn't afraid to hold players accountable. And, and when, when he saw mistakes, um, to call them out, sure. He's got things he's got to grow. We all do. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge him off that. Play devil's advocate, though, Frank was fired for his results with mostly the same problems. Much, much different, though, because he had been here. Like, he came in midseason. Like, you're not making major from the outside. It's hard to make major changes in a system when you're coming in week eight, week eight, week nine. Almost impossible. I mean, it'd be no different if we hired an intern, you know, a coach from internally. Um, it's just, you know, your habits and your, I mean, it starts in April. I mean, in, uh, in April when OTA start, like your habits start, like all that matters. And, you know, when you're, it's, 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 impo- it's not impossible, but it is hard to fix habits in November. And at that point, we just, we didn't have good habits. We're so broken. The system was so broken and the habits were so bad. Like how, like why? If I had a something we're digging through to figure out. That's something we're digging through to figure out. No, it's a fair question. Um, it's a fair question. And- What do you think being blamed on when he got here, but how did it get to that point? Well, ultimately our plan from a, from a roster standpoint wasn't good enough, okay? That's one. And then I think all the change you know, and sometimes, like, here's what we didn't do a very good job of. We didn't manage expectations very well at all, at all. Like, anytime you go, uh, uh, no, but that's, that's like, we've been so process-oriented, okay? And that's who I am, that's who Frank was, that's who we want to be. We want to be process-oriented. And with a good process, you're going to lead to a good result. Well, every time we keep going and getting these vet court, and this falls on me. This is on me. You'll get a vet court. Well, here's the expectation. We're going to Super Bowl. Yep, they got a good roster. They're going to Super Bowl. Well, there was holes in that. And, you know, our job's to fix those holes.
Do you think that because there was so much change at one time, basically with the span of like three to four weeks, do you think that if some of that change had been dialed back, the results would have been different and people may have stayed locked in a little bit more? That's speculative. I don't know. I can't. You know, it's hindsight and speculative. I don't know if I could answer that one fairly. But do you feel like was that a fair position to put players in changing the quarterback and the head coach and the offense coordinator in three weeks? Um, they're pros. It's their jobs. Show up and perform. Chris, any early thoughts? Okay, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Kevin. No, zero. I have none. <laughs> None right now. Try to guess. Try to get uh, an answer out of it. <laughs> <laughs> have you so much has ventilated Frank's feet that this, this this is his fault? Fair enough. If you talk to him, and um, I assume you have, because you're yeah, and we and we're still close. I mean, we text too all the time. Uh, Frank's a good man. Frank's a good football coach. He's a great teammate, a great teammate. And I think, like myself, I think. I mean, look, I do think Frank will get a chance to be a head coach in this league again. Um, and I think he'll do a great job, and I think he'll learn and grow, you know, as we all do through hard times. Maybe just time. I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes when the it, it just got rolling in the wrong direction here, um, it gets it gets hard, and sometimes it's just time. You open to, college. Said, you open to college candidates in the process. Yeah, yeah. Experience matter. Um, no, no. You know, like if it's a bad situation, interim takes over, he doesn't have much of a chance. What about situations where the interim was more successful, like Wilkes in Carolina or, or Rich last year, Raiders? They're better teams. They're better football teams. Wow, really? He's going to say the Panthers are better than the Colts? You know, Jeff Sabbath put in a tough spot. Dang. What can you point to to say that he improved during those eight weeks? Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, sometimes you don't behind the scene. You know, you're you can do things right, and you don't see any from the outside world. You don't look and see. Well, you don't see those improvements. But just his daily interaction with the team, um, learning how to really like being a head coach is hard. Um, from not only managing a Ross a football team and coaching a football team, managing a coaching staff. 69 players, schedule, media, like all the stuff you got to deal with. And just to, each week I thought he got better, you know, and I know the results didn't show that, um, but I did think he improved. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. All right. So that was Chris Ballard's uh, press conference after the season. Uh, Adam, do you have any takeaways that we had that we didn't talk about? I know we kind of talked about some within this, but anything that stood out to you? No, I mean, I think, you know, and, and we've talked about kind of doing this going forward, Cody, when we start talking about drafts. So I'll stay off the draft here uh, just for the means of this is about Ballard's conference, right? It, I'll be very interested to see the way they approach it and not what they tell me, but what the actions we see. Yeah. And, and I think that there were a lot of good things said when Chris Ballard was hired I was jacked, man. I'm not going to lie. When he took Quentin Nelson, I was jacked. When we got Shaquille Leonard, I was jacked. You know, those are decisions that Chris Ballard made if we're to follow what he said in that press conference. Yeah. So if he somehow found an epiphany like we all do from time to time, right? You go and you do your job four or five years and you kind of, I don't want to say get in a rut, but you get in a spot, right? Mm -hmm. And you need to kind of snap out of it. I feel like we saw more of the Chris Ballard that came in day one today. Again, watch his eyes. When you watch his eyes, you can tell where he's like, I've got something I really want to say, but I'm going to go search for what I need to say. Um, I'm hopeful. I think they now get they have to take a quarterback. But let's not overlook a couple of the guys that need to be re-signed. Paris Campbell had a healthy year and was second on the team in receptions. That boy needs to be signed now, right? You need to give the coach pieces that he doesn't have to think about because if it does take till February 16th and you've got less than a month, 
to make all your decisions on your current roster and start to figure out what the free agency period looks like, which I know we'll be talking about on, on your podcast here, but like, that's unfair. You talk about putting Saturday in an unfair position. You need to make some decisions. If you think that you've got some really good core pieces and I would think a guy who is second on your team in receptions is that guy, make that decision. EJ speed. I think is that decision. Bobby Okirike in fairness, I think is that decision. I keep seeing like Colts don't have enough to pay him and all. No, go to Matt Ryan, say, Matt, it's time. We're in a space you're not going to enjoy. We're going through a process. Can you ride off into the sunset and give the team a break here? Right. Um, that That's what I'm thinking through, as you can see my eyes bounce around as I'm talking right now. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just interested to see, like, talk is cheap. You know, the actions are going to speak for themselves. And I'm just interested to see, like Ballard said a lot of good things, right? He said a lot of things that make me hopeful and optimistic that things will change. But like at the end of the day, I need to see those things before I can truly believe that he's the guy long-term to lead this franchise and make them, you know, go back to contenders. Again, it all starts with the quarterback, but other decisions as well, right? Where you spend your money, things like that. And there's also also going to be, as you talked about, some guys you got to bring back. There's going to be some guys you need to let go. And Ballard talked about that. There's going to be some roster changes. I mean, the guys that obviously come to mind, you think of, you know, Kenny Moore, those kind of guys that are a little bit older, you know, in a couple of years left on their deals. Like, you got to move some of these guys. So I'm just intrigued to see what that looks like, you know. And because some of these guys are guys that Ballard has brought in via free agency, via the draft. Um, you know, Ryan Kelly, I guess, is one of the exceptions. But, like, what does he do with some of his own guys? Is he willing to admit like, hey, you know, we, I like these guys. I'm glad we brought them in. But, you know, for the best of this team, it's in our best interest to mutually, you know, move forward in different directions. I'm do, we change scheme again? do we change scheme again? Because that vastly changes the coach, right? right. I mean. I don't think they will. I think Ballard's a starch believer or staunch believer in the four three. So I think that'll that'll stay the same. I mean, they've drafted for that. So I don't really see that changing, but offensively, I'm just I'm interested to see, you know, what changes there and all that stuff. But uh yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. Um Ballard said some good things, but uh a lot that needs to be done, obviously, this offseason to make the Colts back into potential playoff contention. Cause a year removed from being right there, Adam, right at the doorstep of the playoffs. So you know, a lot can change in an offseason, and we'll see exactly what that means for Indianapolis moving forward. But uh, thank you guys for everybody who was tuning in here. Over 500 people. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, all that good stuff on your way out. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam, for coming on. It was always a good time having you on, just getting your thoughts overall. And uh, lots to do this offseason for the Colts, and we'll see uh, what those moves are here in the next coming months. All right, good playoff weekend, guys. Watch some good football. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks, and go Colts. See ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.